The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. It's actually startling to be writing about something for years, seeing it coming, following all these messages and know where we're headed. And when those things begin to unfold, it's still startling. It still can be viewed as in disbelief. It's hard for me to believe that things happening right now, even though we know they're going to happen. Even though we've been foretelling these things for for two decades or more, actually more than that, and so it is. We have Obama doing exactly what he promised he would do. It was written in they fired the first shot before the last election, when everything was not even seen at that point, because he had to get into office, so he's more low keyed. But there's enough trail to say what we saw through the messages that what he said was going to be done was a result of what all he's coming here for. Obama expressed on many occasions in his own words explicitly the clarity 
of his plans for the United States of America. This was written in They Fired the First Shot. Each one of these are Obama's quotes. I'm in this race, not just to hold an office, but to together with you to transform a nation. Another quote. We will stand up in this election to bring about the change that won't just win an election, but will transform America. Another quote when he's running for office a second time. It's not enough just to change parties in this election. If we hope to truly transform this country, we have to change our policies too. It's time to turn the page. Another quote. We're five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. And he's doing it. He said he was going to do it, and it's happening. And it's startling to see the pace at which it's happening. We have a man who hates America, who was raised by his mother, who was raised by his mentors, who was in Jeremiah Wright's church for 20 years, listened to the hatred and, and condemning, blaspheming God, and America all in the same sentence. He sees the United States of America as too arrogant, too boastful, taking all the world's resources, and in some ways, he's right in this. But in 1948, we produced 80%, or rather over 50% of the goods for the whole world. There's good things that came from that. People complain, well, we use the resources. We use 50% of the resources in. And we had 50% of all the machinery in the world. A lot of good has come from America. God likes to give gifts. Nature is a gift. Your spouse is a gift. Health is a gift. God has constantly given us gifts. That's why at Christmas we exchange gifts. We think sometimes we can get too lost in, well, why should we just be giving gifts? God gives us gifts constantly. He wants us to acknowledge those gifts and us to be grateful for them, us to see that this nation is exceptional. And when we become gracious to that, then we become sinful and we become taking these things for granted. And he sends a correction. Obama's a correction for us because we have been sinful in the plenty that we've been given. So we've lost our way. So all this is a result of our own sins. We have to first recognize that. It doesn't mean we don't identify the problem, just like Judas Maccabees. The Jews were in sin. They were taking over. They were losing. But then he recognized that we had to purify the church. Back then, it wasn't the church. It was the synagogues. They went first to purify the Jews. Judas Maccabees, Judas Maccabees, the Jew himself. And then he read the lands. For us to rid ourselves of this, we have to first recognize we are at fault. We've got Obama. We've got our nation being transformed by our own sins. But don't accept that this is not an exceptional nation or a Christian nation. We don't behave that way, true. But we are a Christian nation. And if we allow their argument to say we're no longer a Christian nation, nation that many Christians themselves are saying, then we break our roots just like the Pope says, Europe, go back to your Christian roots. 
We don't acknowledge that we're not a Christian nation. We are, even if we're not living it. And we are to be in the future. So I'm not going to give that up. I'm not going to take their argument that, well, yes, true, we're not living a Christian nation. Or we're not because we're not living that, rather. We are a Christian nation. We're rooted to a Christian nation, Christian principles, and we're supposed to be that and live that. And so tribulation is that purpose, to look back at where we came from, that we might go back to where we're supposed to be. But we've got a man telling us he will transform this nation. He's made a promise to do that. And he has been allowed by God to do that because of our sins. Not because we use so much resources in the world. Not because we produce, well, they don't, they don't tie that argument to the left us or anybody that hates America, that we produce most of the world's goods. Yes, China is producing everything, but our resources and money from 250 plus years for this nation's history is buying those things. And it's the technology God gifted us with discovery of what he had already invented. We didn't invent anything. He laid everything out. It's his physics. So we have to be acknowledging these things to come back to the blessing of God. But that doesn't keep us, it should not keep us from identifying these problems we face with as a result of our sins, and then we meet these things and we turn and fight them, first with holiness, changing our lives, changing our direction, and then confront them full on. And so we have our first read that displays this. This comes from They Fire the First Shot. It's the chapter entitled An Important Review and comes right after the discussion of a friend of Medjugorje of Hitler's youth and how he developed his program and how that parallels to what Obama's doing in our nation today. It begins, the Obama administration has an aggressive plan to incrementally increase the numbers of people in their service programs with a heavy emphasis on youth involvement over the next six years from 2011 up to 2017. According to the Serve America Act, the Corporation for Community and National Service, that administers the National Service Laws programs, shall, shall means must, develop a plan to increase the number of the approved positions, 250,000, for the fiscal year 2017. The Serve America Act under Obama provides not an option, but a legal mandate shall for the same incremental steps as Hitler's youth program. But make no mistake, it will not stop at 250,000. Though these numbers include more than just 18 to 24-year-olds, the youth are targeted in many of these service programs. 1933 was the year the Nazis came into power. All other youth groups in Germany were then abolished, exploiting more than 2 million youth who were forced into Hitler's group over the next two years. Obama's youth corps, at any point, can be made compulsory, and like Hitler's, the numbers can jump into the millions. In 1936, one of Hitler's officers, as a gift for Hitler's 47th birthday, wanted to enroll all 10-year-olds throughout Germany into the Hitler Youth. It was called the Year of the Hitler Youth, and great pressure was put on these children to join the organization. They are always methodically working towards enrolling more and more students. By 1939, over 7 million youth were inducted both voluntarily and mandatorily. 
That's 7 million youth in a period of only six years, from 1933 to 1939. Obama also seems to have goals set to gradually achieve increasing numbers in his programs. Hitler youth numbers grew substantially when a law was passed making it mandatory for all youth to establish membership in his youth programs. Though it did not make it into the final law, the initial House of Representatives version of the Serve America Act contained a provision instructing Congress to explore whether a workable, fair, and reasonable mandatory service requirement for all able young people could be developed and how such a requirement could be implemented. No, it didn't become part of this law, but it was in Obama's vision before becoming president and was put on the table without any attempt to hide it. The fact that this provision was proposed is clear evidence the powers that be want to make regular induction into service mandatory. All of Obama's laws are written so they can be interpreted any way the powers that be want to. Youth, middle-aged, even those of old age. But only the youth have the numbers and abilities needed to build a ready reserve corps, and Obama's programs are already in place for this. Transformation. We won't just win an election, but we'll transform America. We hope to truly transform this country. It's time to turn a page. We're five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. He said it, and he's doing it. A statement released by the National Association of Former Border Patrol Officers just stated, in regards to thousands and thousands and thousands of children coming across the border, all of a sudden all this starts coming up out of nowhere. So these former Former border agents in their association, the National Association, states, they released a statement this week, or rather last week. Certainly, we're not gullible enough to believe that thousands of unaccompanied minor Central American children came to America without the encouragement, aid, and assistance of the United States government. Pretty amazing. These are border guards. They know what's going on. They understand the situation. It's real clear to them. But why? You just read it, or rather, you just heard it from they find the first shot. It's fundamentally to change this nation. And what Joan just read out of the book was the purpose for the youth, the same thing Hiller did. We know the circumstances, how it happened. But these are people who have no tie to America, have no loyalty to America, didn't come here because I want to be an American. They're coming here to be taken care of. And there'll be these dream kids that Obama has been talking about that inducted into his train. They won't have to be changed. They won't have to be brainwashed. They have no roots. They have no reason for being here except to receive. And they're going to be very obedient the Republicans know that they're going to get the next election cycle, both maybe both houses, maybe in the presidency also. And the Democrats know this too. But these 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds in the next election cycle, not four years from now, but eight years from now, or six, seven years from now, will be these people who turn 18. And then we would have lost America. 
turn it into a socialist state. Because this is plan. Everything Obama's doing is given an illusion to transform America into something better, make a utopia. But we're in the crosshairs for one thing, to fundamentally change this nation, or rather this nation, to a socialist state. And many oftentimes with the help of the church, who will give compassion to this rather than just turn them back. This is a war. What's happening on the border is a lie. We should never let these people in. We have 10 years of people waiting legally to get in. Immigration is important to a nation. Immigration is important for us to have that. But through the law, through the moral republic of a law, of what these standards stay for, that they want to come here and be part of our nation, not carry in their own flags, which some of them did, of the nation, of Honduras. Don't come here. You want the benefits of the nation? Then you support the nation. And you long like the earlier immigrants did, they loved and they wanted to be here in this nation. Don't come here hating this country. The devil's going to destroy it through this. We already have a point that we're going to have a hard, hard time with this. And we're creating a, the Pew Research Foundation just did something incredible. They did a study and it shows that there's more separation now than ever. That the liberals versus the conservatives are really polarized. They only hang around with each other. Whereas 20, 30 years ago, even in politics, they'd say, let's work this out. There was division then. But there wasn't the polarization. You have two groups growing, almost half and half. But you know, that's what our lady's coming about. She's coming for this. A separation. What does holiness mean? What does to be holy mean? It means to be separated. We have to separate from the mentalities and things, the directions going, which is causing a division in this country. And the other side needs the numbers. They need to take over because they don't have the power to go against those who still want to hold on to Christianity and growing in holiness through our latest messages and the, and the revival that's coming. There's a clash coming. There's a separation already taking place. I've spoken about this a lot for a long time. There's going to be a radical moment of conversion, then a great separation, and then you're going to long to convert a pagan. Three things. Now, a radical conversion is going to happen through something through Medjugorje. But as an individual who has gone to Medjugorje and has a radical conversion, they're already wanting to separate from things of the past and the sins and what they did and used to do. So individually, we've already, we've already experienced these three steps because we want to convert pagans. But that don't mean we become so stupid, so ignorant, so dumbed down that we just open up our borders like this. And many in the church are guilty of being reckless in this, as I said last week, of just accepting another language in this country, which is more division. We're united underneath one language, the English language. That's a moral and a high virtuous thing to keep and to induct people to do the same thing and come and learn English. Right now, on many construction sites, English-speaking people cannot go there anymore and get a job because the dominating force is Spanish. And if you don't speak Spanish, you can't get a job. You think this is good? No, it's good good to be rooted and born in this nation that the influx that comes in doesn't influence it into another direction, but you dominate that influence to become Americans. How dumb can we be? And the loudest voices are in the church saying, oh, this is okay. 
Go read the forefathers. Go read Webster, why he made a dictionary and why he know it was that would continue this nation is that we spoke one language. You're breeding division. This is not scriptural. Make my joy complete. Be of one heart, one mind. You're going to have chaos. You in the church who want to promote these things and these ideas and this socialist doctrine, this leading us to degradation and right into hell, then do what you want to do. Because you're going to be the first to be guillotined. And I'm saying that as a warning. I'm saying that as a prophecy. You think, well, it's no big deal. Oh, it's not compassion. Let's learn Spanish and let's teach this and let's do all the masses in Spanish. Teach people to be American for our own peace and security and the future church security. You say, well, I'm speaking out of turn. That's not going to happen. Then I pose a question to you. Every nation on earth should have their control towers for airports in their own native language. Starting tomorrow. Tell me what's going to happen to all the flights going all over the world. How many crashes will there be? Because they don't understand in two different languages from two different countries that's landed in a a third country that they don't either one understand the language. It's a sensible, sensible, simple truth that all towers across the world, including communist Russia, when they were against us, speak English. This is so basic. This is so kindergarten that it makes me want to vomit when I think about this. If it offends somebody, let it offend, but we'll be unified with those who are offended because they'll be speaking English. We've gone off the wall. We've gone so politically correct that we invite sin. You know these youths coming across the border carrying diseases? The border control people are bringing diseases in their families. They're they're promiscuous and very active. And the federal government is giving them funds are requiring that you have to you have to give them uh you have to teach them about whatever genders and all these things, the degradation, the pro and the and the depravity. We got to school them in these things. And you want that coming across the border? It's not unholy to stop it. It's not against Christian teachings to stop it. It's anti-Christian to allow it to happen. Because God taught, taught to obey authority, all authorities from God. The law is very clear. You can't do this. And it's an injustice you talk about social justice. It's an injustice for somebody who wants to come to this nation, learn to be a citizen, learn to be an American, and have to wait 10 years, and these people go by and break the law. You're in violation against God in this. You're dead wrong about it. This is, comes from author Jerome Corsi. It's entitled Congressman Obama Using Cloward Piven Maneuver. Two U.S. congressmen believe the flooding of America's southwest border with thousands of illegal alien children seeking government handouts and citizenship is the intended outcome of policies by the Obama administration derived from a strategy by radical socialists to transform America into a socialist state. 
In the 1960s, professors Andrew Cloward and Francis Fox Piven of Columbia University, Obama's alma mater, devised a plan to provoke chaos by deliberately overwhelming governmental systems and the U.S. economy to the point of collapse, paving the way for state intervention that would ultimately replace America's free enterprise republic with a collectivist system. I do feel this attempt to flood the border with illegals is a playing out of the Cloward-Piven theory, said Representative Steve King, Republican of Iowa. If you don't see them bring reinforcements down there to seal the border, that means that, yes, it's a Cloward-Piven maneuver to flood the country until we get to the point where we are an open borders country that welcomes everybody, legal and illegal. Representative Steve Stockman also a Republican from Texas, agreed that Obama, who studied the chaos strategy at Columbia, according to a classmate, is trying to do a Cloward-Piven thing with the border. Obama follows all the far-left Leninist, socialist-type stuff. He said it's an open secret Obama is trying to flood Texas with illegals to make it into a blue state with a Democrat majority. If we lose Texas and it becomes like California then the Republicans lose the chance of ever getting a Republican elected president, the Texas lawmaker warned. King agreed that one of the aims of the illegal alien flood is to turn Texas into a Democrat state. You or I could shut that thing down in less than a week, he said. Instead of busing and flying illegals out of Texas, you fly enforcement people in. King said that while the U.S. is spending $7 a mile to defend the border, we need to take people to plug the leak. It's the Battle of the Bulge down there, and you send in George Patton and the Third Army to relieve the surrounded 101 Airborne, King said. A flood of illegal alien children enticed by Obama policies favorable to minors has escalated to a crisis of the federal government's creation, Arizona Governor Jan Brewer has charged. The nearly 1,000 illegal aliens from Mexico and Central America crossing into Texas each day is being compared to Hurricane Katrina by overwhelmed officials. How do you prepare for that, said Don Ray, the executive director of the Texas Border Sheriff's Coalition. You can't have an influx of people like that without having an impact. Ray said that similar to the aftermath of Katrina, relocation services are in operation. In the case of Katrina, most of them were United States citizens or people that were here lawfully, and now you have people that aren't here lawfully. Among the policies allegedly attracting illegal aliens is deferred action for childhood arrivals, which allows some illegals who came to the U.S. as children to defer deportation. Stockman said his office conducted a study showing that California's transformation into a Democrat-majority state was directly related to the 1986 amnesty bill passed by Democrats in Congress under Republican President Ronald Reagan. After Reagan did this, the illegal immigrants voted Democrat, he noted. Still, our party thinks they're going to love us after we do this but it hasn't been borne out by history. Stockman criticized former George W. Bush press secretary, Ari Fleischer, now a GOP consultant, for advising Republican candidates to back immigration reform, which, as currently conceived in Congress, includes some form of amnesty for illegal aliens living in the U.S. 
Fleischer never, ever ran a campaign, said Stockman, and yet he's an expert in campaigns. It's absurd. We're the crew taking orders from a guy who's never been on a boat, yet he's the captain of the boat, and yet he's giving directions, he said. Stockman sees the Cloward-Piven chaos theory at work in Obama's foreign policy as well. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. And now we see it happening right in our midst. And we have the former border guards, the experts, the ones who are qualified, most qualified to say this after living and retiring or, or even quitting, tell us, tell us in their statement, certainly we are not gullible enough to believe that a thousand of uncompeted minor Central American children came to America without encouragement aid and assistance of the United States government. It's incredible, almost in disbelief. There were 36,000 criminals that were part of the immigration, or illegals that were picked up, not immigration. And they were under orders to be deported. They were released rather than detained, and two they were due to send out of the country. So you get that? They they have 36,000 criminals, and they're going to release them until it's time for them to leave the country. We can trust criminals to show up and say, okay, take me back out. All this is deliberate. How dumbed down we are. It's amazing and astounding altogether. And yet, we have to say, is because of our sins. So as time, people, we go on our knees, we repent, we beg God to save this nation because it's in death throes. There's something going to happen no matter what. we got too much here now. But just like what Joan just got to reading, we need to send Patton down and stop this. And it can be done. And it can be done legally for those who are really wanting to be part of this nation and not bring their own flag. I was just in New York. They had a Puerto Rican day. The honorary guy, and it went on for three hours of prayed up there. The honorary, uh, one of the guys that was honorary for the thing for the council that they put up for the city council was a terrorist who killed cops. Clinton let the others go, but this one refused to show any remorse or denounce violence. So he stayed in jail. And so the Puerto Ricans honored him. What's wrong with us? I always saw his Puerto Rican flags. No mention of America. No devotion to America. Where is it has gone as far as the principle that you were an American and me an Italian second? I'm not ashamed of being Italian, but I love this country. And I love the appreciation the Vietnamese had when they were brought here after the Vietnam War and was standing back in mass weeping if we sang God bless America and put their hands on their chest, their heart, with real meaning, not just out of duty. They wanted to be here. We are lost. And unless we repent, unless we change the direction of our life, unless we stand up against these principles, don't expect not to be rolled over completely. We're in serious crisis, serious trouble. We start in a few days, the novena to reconcile ourselves, our family, and our nation back to God on the 25th. If any time you've ever needed to pray this, 
You should be getting the booklet in, in the, you may have already have it mailed. If you don't, go online and download this. We have to pray. We have to pray with a changed heart. We have to be going through conversion. Frank? Yeah, that's right. This is a, a chastisement for our sins, and it is um, because of our moral decline that it's come to this. And you see the necessity of community now more than ever, the necessity of separation and uniting for those that, that love this nation and the Christian principles, which it was founded on. And we've really liked some, loved something about the Deep South, and that's there's a greater morality down here. We notice um, in the people, we notice in the youth, uh, there's no abortion mills where, uh, in the counties where we live down here, and I wouldn't uh, want to be in one where there was, where they were performed. I'd have my sheriff put an end to it, or I'd shake the dust off my feet. And uh, so it's just a, it's a beautiful thing about the South, and I believe that uh, it has to do with the youth are taught respect. Up, up north, I've been employing youth for 30 years, and I'm Frank. Down here, I'm Mr. Frank. It took a little while to get used to, but there's just this greater sense of... Uh, respect for your elders and, and respect. And I think that this is, this has a lot to do with why, uh, they're stronger morally down here, but this is something that we've really noticed, uh, being in the North most of our life, that there's a big difference down here. And, and, uh, we really love that about the South. Well, it's just amazing where we're going. Jan Burr, governor of Arizona said that they're actually busting these youth into Arizona, dropping off at the bus stations without any food, Water are just basic necessities. I mean, this is criminal. If we want to invite this behavior and and change our youth here in the South and youth that are morally on an incline in other places, uh, the whole thing. What brought down Solomon's Solomon's kingdom? He allowed <clears throat> people who come into there, accepted wives who were pagans and who did not follow the true principles of what Yahweh were. And, and he fell because of that. And we've got something we've given over to our enemy, the devil. He wants to come to rule, all he says, that we're just going to completely plow this, this country under. And it's tragic. It's tragic to regain what we're going to have to do to regain. There's going to be some bad things happen. There's no way to avoid it. And you've got these youth coming in for the purpose of being in this brigade, whatever you want to call it, the, the Obama's service thing. All this is calculated. You're not going to sit there and, oh, won't these youth come in? Why not just turn them back? Why not tell Mexico, you better stop this? We've got plenty of authority to do this. And I don't want to be just sitting here complaining because we built this. It's a manufactured crisis from Obama, but it's been allowed to happen because of our sins. And so the whole purpose of Mesogenomics is to alert you to these things because everything has to be determined about your financial future to take action now and what you have to do to be secure and to be separate, to be holy, is to go into community. And to get in community requires to get land. To requires to get land means you need to get your retirement, your benefits, whatever you have, whatever money you have, and turn it into that. The first step to that is the third step because the first step is get your land. The second is to build your homestead out of debt. The third is to take what you got and, and put it in silver. 
But you have to take that first step now and because it's immediacy. It's ahead of one. But you don't want to keep silver. You want to get land. That's the first goal. But what you can do immediately is to turn your holdings, your investments, and the stock market is, is completely crazy. I heard somebody this weekend on uh, one of the Christian, what's, what's the Christian show that Dave Ramsey's one of them. There's two or three of them that speak about the stock markets. And just saying how you need to have a financial expert look at the stocks and know how to change stocks and which ones to look for. What are you even in that for? I told somebody in 2001 who owned, I think, the shipbuilding repair uh, place, which is a big operation, manufacturing, rehab for ships. They asked me my opinion in 2001 about around 2000, 2001, about the stock market. I said, get out, get out. They let me know two months later they did. Now, you might say, well, that's 14 years ahead of the game. No, 2008, it crashed. So that's just seven years afterwards. But it's gambling, it's lottering. You don't need to be in that. You you can't be reconciled with what's taking place in our economy now. Frank? Yeah, once you see something, you're not too early. Once you see that that something's wrong and something's not risk-reward favorable, you, you have to exit it. An income paper is not life. It's it's not a lifestyle. It doesn't uh, add anything. It, it's income paper that can go away. When you can turn it into something now, it, and you can turn it into uh, more silver than you ever could in, in past histories, and you can exit the system with Mar- the Marcus Metal Magic going around, um, you don't want income paper. You don't want something that it, that appears to be something but could very quickly be nothing. So it's always the right advice. You know, you don't have to have perfect timing. You exit the system because of what it is and because there's going to be a herd mentality and a panic, and you don't want to be trying to do those things then. And also because of the the, the things that they're benefiting from the paper system and the, the powers to be is the, who I'm speaking of um, uh, are giving us abominable policies. And so you want to exit it for that reason. And uh, do particularly what is said in uh, they fired the first shot, and it ain't going to happen. To prepare what the writing on the wall is is going to happen. And the what a friend of mine you already spoke about on today's program uh, this this manufacturing crisis that's precipitating it will precipitate the uh, fall of the economy in the United States. So all of those things that uh, Frank has just spoken about are all the more reasons. Uh, why you need to get out of that system. And so, uh, Frank, if you want to give your contact information so people can make their exchange from the current uh, economic system into the new system that our lady's trying to establish. You can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. Our email address is globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And we're out of time. Frank, you got a last comment quick. Yeah, we're here to help you in any way that we can, If whether it's regards to community or whether it's regards to transforming uh, 401ks. Uh, that's what we're here for. So if we can be any help, you can reach us toll free. And we'll be broadcasting our next show, I guess, from Medjugorje for the 25th. And until then, we look forward to what are he's going to do on that day. Be in prayer for the 33rd anniversary of these apparitions. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.